Well, I think it's become all too obvious now. The crisp mornings, the changing leaves, autumn has officially arrived in Canada. With fall, though, comes another marathon season, a glorious time when we get to watch some of our best distance athletes toe the line and chase their goals, whether that be the ever-present Canadian marathoning elephant to the room or the 212.50 Olympic qualifier. This week on the Terminal Mile, it's all things fall marathon. We replay our conversation with Canadian marathoner Reed Coolsat from earlier this year, and I'll preview three marathons you really need to watch. As well, we also get a notable outsider's view on the Canadian marathoning way. All exciting stuff, you certainly don't want to miss it. You're tuned into the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. The Terminal Mile presents Fall Marathons to Watch. The Race. Flat and fast are the two words you'll likely hear if you ask someone to describe the Chicago Marathon, laying claim to four different world record runs. But watch out, they don't call it the Windy City for nothing. This year's marathon runs on October 11th. The Field. Chicago will see some familiar faces up front, with Kitwara, Chumba, Rugasa, and Korea taking some of the higher seated times. While the course is known for being a fast one, one might question whether the field will be strong enough to break the world record, especially since there will be no pacers this year. On the Canadian side of things, the men's elite field will see London, Ontario's Rob Watson go for an Olympic qualifying time, 2.12.50, which would be almost a 40-second PB for him. Also entered and making his marathon debut is Brandon Lord from beautiful British Columbia, coming off a PB 10,000 meter performance this year of 2909.46. You have to think he might be a sleeper pick for one of those coveted Olympic spots. On paper, the women's race seems to be between Dina Kistor and Florence Kiplagat, with PBs less than 10 seconds apart. Meanwhile, there aren't any Canadian women listed on the elite side of things. While this won't be up front and centre, one thing to look for is the large amount of American runners looking to hit standard for their Olympic trials next year, with potentially some good races against the clock, as well as some excellent strategic running. As you've probably heard by this point, at last week's Berlin Marathon, Reed Coolsat put down Canada's second fastest marathon of all time in 2.10.28. We caught up with Reed earlier this year, and here's a Reed broadcast of that conversation that we had with him. First things first, 2014, uh, not so kind to you, uh, with the evolution uh, fracture in which an abdominal muscle ripped off your pubic bone, taking a bit of bone with it. Uh, you actually just got back from training in Kenya, though. How is the, the comeback and the training coming along? Yeah, training's going really well. Um, yeah, last year I had, well, I had probably carried that um, injury for a while, but going into London Marathon, I thought it was okay, and then um, didn't really feel great during the marathon, and starting back up afterwards, it was uh, just didn't go anywhere. Training wasn't going anywhere. Um, it was just too much pain. And then, yeah, I got an MRI, found out there was an avulsion fracture, and um, I had to take off three and a half months, um, completely rest it, actually, like, no cross-training or anything, um, and then start up really slow. So I started up with a kilometer run in September, and um, even by the end of the month, I was only up to 7K, uh, and I was, I was cross-trained by that point. But, um, yeah, October, November, December, uh, things really progressed, and I got to the point in December where... I was doing uh, decent sessions again and getting in um, decent mileage and went to Kenya um, in mid-December with a little bit of a uh, little bit of base, I guess, and just enough to where I could 
kind of pick up the training and, and jump into a group there. And um, yeah, the training in, in Kenya went really well. Given the weather that, uh, around here over the past week, how much do you wish you were back in Kenya right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I had to do my workout on the treadmill yesterday. Um, would have been a lot easier just to roll out of bed in Kenya and hit the trails rather than shovel snow for an hour and, and, and go to a treadmill. But um, yeah, I mean, I'll just deal with uh, what I have to here. And, you know, the treadmill's not the worst thing. It's, it's boring, but, you know, you can get fit on it. So uh, I'll just uh, kind of focus on what I can what I can take care of and, and do here and, and hope for uh, there's not too much snow. I imagine you have a pretty good relationship with the uh, Toronto Waterfront. You've raced it a few times now, putting down some of your best times on that course. And uh, even when you are injured last year, you helped out a little bit. Uh, what was your reaction when you found out that it had been upgraded to a gold level? And do you feel like this will boost the credibility of the race? Um, yeah, I mean, as far as I can, uh, I'm concerned, it was always a, a good race. And the uh, level of competition was already, um, you know, kind of a step ahead of uh, of where I am right now. Um, you know, they have got they've had guys 205, 206, 207 PBs. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, it can only get better from here. Um, uh, the IWF awarding them the gold label uh, was a was a great move for uh, Scotiabank. And, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll, uh, you know, to, to maintain a gold level, you have to have a certain number of athletes with a certain amount of PBs and, and whatnot. So it should, if anything, it will, uh, you know, help the race uh, become stronger and, you know, and move forward. The race consistently attracts a full roster of Canada's best, including Rob Watson, uh, your own training partner, Eric Gillis, uh, Dylan Wikes. How important to you do you think it is that there is a race that brings all those names together within Canada. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to have a, a race like this in Canada. Um, yeah, I got to race it twice, um, 2010 and 2011. Uh, I purpose took 2012 off after the Olympics. And then the last two years, actually, I wanted to race, but um, 2013, I broke my collarbone and I just kind of had to push back my marathon. And 2014, I had that injury that I just talked about. So uh, I haven't raced as much as I would have liked to. Um, uh, it, uh, and yeah, to have a have a race of that caliber you know really close to home is um is awesome and i know other guys who i train with in kenya um you know in certain countries they don't have that luxury they, i mean every race that they go to if they want to have a you know a shot at an olympic qualifying time or whatnot they have to travel to another country so it's something that uh you know once you talk to other athletes you you know you don't take for granted and um you know you, you really cherish when you're in the race itself and you get a lot of fan support and, um, you know, the, and of course, like the support from the race is huge because, you know, usually when we travel to other races, we're kind of at the mercy of other local athletes um, and what paces they want to do. Whereas in Toronto, Alan will ask us, you know, what, you know, what pace do you want to run? And he'll provide rabbits for, for our needs. So it's, um, it's a big advantage. And I think, um, you know, it's one of the reasons why, um, Eric and I have had so much success at uh, Scotiabank is because it's been catered to um, to our goals. You know, on that topic, uh, you know, of all those great names, on your blog, readcoolsad.com, you mull over the pros and cons of running a national marathon trial. While you were ultimately against it, uh, would this be the race to do it at, or would there be perhaps another course, uh, other situations that would be better suited? Um, I mean, the course. I mean, the course would be great. Um, it just it just comes down to. Do you want to have um, Olympic trials with other competitors in it? You know, if, if 
if, like at a normal Scotia Bank, if you know we're asking for uh, pacers and Alan provides us with pacers and somebody gets a better pacer who maybe goes to 35k and somebody else gets a pacer who only goes to you know 15k, then that's really unfair when you're selecting a, an Olympic an Olympic team. So there's there's things like that. Um, you 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 pretty much have you pretty much have to have a race um, on its own. And given um, the amount of runners that we have under 220, it doesn't really warrant putting putting on a, a race just for um, the guys who kind of have a shot at you know an Olympic standard and the you know the, whatever it's going to be like 211, 212 range or whatnot. And then the other thing too is if you have uh, an Olympic trials race in October, then you're pretty much uh, telling the Canadian athletes not to do Pan Ams or the World Championships, you know. So, you know, those are important races for the Canadian team. And um, if you have to get ready for a trials in October, you take away um, those. You take away from those races, which uh, you know some people might want to compete at. You know, that has been uh, something of a bit of a, a topic on a lot of running message boards and that sort of stuff. Uh, the Canadian participation at Pan Ams as well as uh, at the World Championships this year. Uh, have you heard? Is there is there going to be any Canadian representation there? Uh, I would think so. Um, with the Pan Am standard being 218, you know that opens up the doors for um, you know guys who are just starting off at the marathon and need some championship experience. I know my first championship marathon, um, the standard was 218, and uh, I was able to you know qualify for uh, Worlds in 2009, and that was a really good experience for me. And I think that um, you know opened my eyes to to marathoning um and and help my career and um yeah with a with a 218 standard um there's you know there's a bunch of guys uh running marathons in canada who have the capability to do that and um i don't think that they they would want to pass up uh, a national team experience um beijing is a bit bit trickier um you know of course there's always the stories about you know pollution in beijing and whether they clean up the air like they did for the Olympics uh, for the World Championships this this coming year, um, like it's, I don't know if it's impossible to say right now. But um, so there's other things too to 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 look at and and also if you have a shot at qualifying for the Olympics and um, you know you haven't hit the standard yet in 2015, um, you might want to you know uh, forego a championship race in the summer and and go to something like the uh, Scotiabank uh, Waterfront. Uh, marathon. With that being said, uh, 2015 definitely shaping up to be a big year for you. With the 2016 games just around the corner, you're likely to be chasing that still to be released standard. Is Scotiabank uh, is is that kind of the race that you're looking to to peak at this year? Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to try to run a, a marathon this spring, and so far training's gone. It's, it's going well. So um, yeah, who's to say? Uh, you know what happens after the spring, but, um, yeah, Scotiabank's definitely, um, definitely up there on my list of, of races to do. And if I need the standard, um, I know I can, uh, have, you know, have a fair shot there with, um, with the support that we get from, uh, from Allen and, and the Canadian running series. Speaking of targets, perhaps one of the most talked about times in Canadian distance running is 210.08. Uh, I'm pretty sure I don't have to tell you the significance of that. Jerome Drayton's national record uh, in the 42.2. Some thoughts on that number and uh, perhaps the running community's obsession with that number? Yeah, I mean, now that the uh, record's 40 years old, um, you know, I think 
I think you know a lot of people want to see it go down. I'm sure a lot of people are are sick of uh, hearing about uh, attempts as well. Um, you know, to uh, <laughs> they that they come up short. And you know, I know I've tried to hit it a few times and and come up short. And um, I guess when I when I when I get to a line, uh, the start line, and I know um, you know I have a, I have a certain goal. Um, I'll I'll tell people what that goal is and. Um, a few times in the past few years, it's been in line with uh, breaking uh, that long-standing record. Um, yeah, obviously it'd be uh, it'd be good to see it go down, and uh, selfishly, I'd like to be the uh, the guy to do, to do that. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, talk is cheap in the end, and um, I guess we'll have to let results uh, speak for themselves. Taking into consideration your injury, but uh, also the high mileage that goes into training for a marathon. What does a week of training look like for you uh, right now? Um, yeah, I was running a bit lower mileage for a marathon buildup in Kenya. Um, however, I got back from Kenya with still 11 weeks before um, before a mar- like if I do a marathon in mid-April. So, um, yeah, uh, in Kenya I was running anywhere from 168 to 183 kilometers, so consistent in that range and focusing on two uh two faster sessions a week typically uh about an hour um tempo run and then uh, a fartlek session and then usually a long run um anywhere from 28 to 35k uh now that i'm back in guelph um the first i'm going to do a bit more um a bit more volume so this week will hopefully be around 200 kilometers um and but once again same kind of uh, schedule in the week where I'll have uh, kind of like a fartlek session. Um, yesterday I ended up doing five by ten minutes, and then uh, a longer session, so um, something more in the marathon race. We call I, I'll call it race effort because of all the clothes and the cold weather that I deal with. But you know um, that kind of effort over anywhere from fifty to. 80 minutes. You've been quoted in the past as saying that you have four or five marathons left in you. Uh, do you already know where you're going to run those? You know, do they have uh, courses and names already, or is is that something that's gonna, you know, something you're gonna figure out as you go along? Um, yeah, I mean, I have a I have a bucket list of uh, of marathons I've wanted to do for a long time. Um, they include, you know, Boston, New York. Um, yeah, I'm too obsessed with, uh, running a fast time right now. Of course, qualifying for the Olympics is a big goal and, um, you know, a time standard, um, and a time goal they are, they're, they're kind of at the forefront right now. So I've, uh, skipped, uh, some of the, some of the slower courses, um, in, uh, <laughs> in chasing these faster times. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, I just take it one marathon at a time and, um, Right now, I'm just focused on uh, April Marathon, and um, I should be able to confirm that one soon and get that out there. And then, uh, yeah, after that, you know, um, if I run fast, it opens up more doors for uh, some of the races I want to do. And, uh, you know, if I'm still chasing a fast time, then I'll... You know, look to uh, yeah, something like uh, uh, Toronto again. Well, we uh, we wish you the best of luck, Reed, and uh, thanks a lot for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. The Terminal Mile presents Fall Marathons to Watch, The Race. 
The New York City Marathon is a point-to-point -point course with some pretty notable elevation changes. Established in 1970, this world major marathon may not be known for being the fastest course, but the field's always making an amazing race. Check it out November 1st. The Field The New York City Marathon has yet to release an official star list, however they have already announced a fairly impressive few names. On the men's side, you can expect to see America's favorite marathoner, Meb, take on last year's winner and World Major Marathon Series winner, Wilson Kipsang, as well as Lalisa DeCisa, a two-time Boston winner. Women who will be towing the line including defending champ, Mary Kitani, 2012 Olympic 10,000 meters silver medalist Sally Kipiego, 2015 World Marathon silver medalist Hella Kiprop, 2015 Boston Marathon champion Carolyn Rotich, as well as this year's London Marathon champion Tegis Tufa. No Canadians yet mentioned in either field. If you haven't had a chance to check out our last episode, I really do urge you to do so as it covers the Springbank Road Races from perspectives of some fairly notable runners and organizers as well. Now, one of those people that I got to talk to was Boston Billy Rogers. What didn't make it to tape, though, was this. Not so much relevant for that episode, but definitely relevant for this week's episode. But I, I always felt that Jerome was, because he was very quiet, you know? He didn't toot his horn, and he, 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 was, he was aggressive competing but but quietly, sort of, you know. He was a great strategist and um, Canada's greatest marathoner on the inside, you know. But but I sort of feel he, you know, it's maybe it's a more Canadian way of looking at marathoning. It's it's you know in Canada, I always feel that Canadians are are kind of a quieter people than we Americans are. You know what I mean? <laughs> the Terminal Mile presents Fall Marathons to Watch. The race. The Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon is Canada's only IAAF gold standard marathon. If you're looking for the best Canadian marathoners, you can usually find them racing here, even more so this year as the marathon will also double as the Canadian Marathon Championships. The field. Let's face it, the big stories to come from the STWM will likely be centered around the Canadian fields. On the men's side, we have Eric Gillis, a two-time Olympian, consistently laying down great times at this event. He didn't run a marathon this spring, choosing to stick to shorter races and to heal some injuries. You can expect him to be in the hunt, though, for that 2.12.50 that will get him to Rio. He's qualified before in Toronto. Do you think he can do it again? Also in the field is Kip Kangogo, a marathoner with a PB of 2.15.35. He'll need to pull off a very incredible race to hit that qualifier, and coming off a Pan Am appearance in the distance, it'll be interesting to see what he can do. Someone to really watch for is Sammy Jabril, a real rising star in the distance world. This TTC mechanic slash runner will be making his marathon debut on his home course no less, and you have to figure he has his eye on a qualifier. Unfortunately, we have some bad news as well. I have it on good authority that Matt Luzel is currently out with an injury, but we're really hoping that he'll be back for next year's race. The Canadian women's field also looks great, but due to an earlier injury, Krista Deshane, Canada's lone women's Olympic qualifier, will be taking part from the broadcast booth this time. Lainey Marchand, however, Canada's fastest women's marathoner, will be running after a crazy track season that saw her qualify for the Olympics and medal at Pan Ams in the 10,000 meter. It'll be interesting to see what she does and if she'll be able to hit that 229.50 Olympic marathon standard. 
making her debut in the distance is Dana Podorski, a fantastic distance runner who has put down some impressive half marathon times as well as a great 30k time. You have to believe that if she's 100% healthy, she'll be doing great things in this marathon. Also making her debut will be Tara McKay Career, a 113.39 half marathoner who trains under the guidance of her husband, Wesley Career. Throw in 235 marathoner Natasha Labode, Rhiannon Jones, a former NCAA track star, and London's Leslie Sexton, a real sleeper pick, this race should be one for the books. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Best of luck to you if you're running a marathon this fall. Thanks to Tracky for their ongoing support and to Reed and Bill for their contributions. You can find us online at the Terminal Mile on Twitter, as well as iTunes, Stitcher, and Tracky.ca. Thanks again for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. <laughs>